Restaurant Unstoppable episode 1003 with Mike Payton. I mean, most successful entrepreneurs will tell you if you haven't failed, you haven't tried new things, you haven't tried enough, you haven't tried hard enough. And so keep going. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Mies, the culinary operating system for food professionals. Founded by Josh Sharkey, a chef and restaurant owner for the past 20 years, Mies organizes, shares, preps, and scales your recipes like never before. Plus, you can get laser accurate food cost and nutrition analysis faster than you could even imagine. If you're a chef, mixologist, consultant, operator, or generally if you manage a recipe intended for professional kitchens, Mies is built for you. Get started by visiting getmees.com slash unstoppable. That's G-E-T-M-E-E-Z dot com forward slash unstoppable and as a listener of restaurant unstoppable podcast you can get two free months of invoice processing by signing up today with invoice processing you can link all of your purchases to ingredients in your recipes and the most current cost will be automatically reflected in every recipe revolutionize the way work is done in your kitchen with me's This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit. It, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. This episode is brought to you by One Huddle, a coaching and development platform using quick burst mobile games to more quickly and effectively level up and fire up your workforce. With One Huddle, you can onboard new employees up to 45% faster. There was actually a study done by the University of South Florida that has proven that you can train your employees 45% faster. This just isn't fluff. This is real stuff. One Huddle, this new and improved way to educate your staff will try translate into increased sales because you're creating more consistency with the guest experience in both front of house and back of house, i.e. menu development, just learning the menu, POS, limited time offers, food costs, things like this. To learn more, head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. That's the number one in huddle, like a football huddle. And when you use that link, you can get access to one huddles game shop, 3000 plus on demand skill games on everything from bartending to serve safe to the latest Amazon best-selling books and so much more. One more time, restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest speaker, author, EOS implementer, former visionary at EOS Worldwide, Mike 
Payton, my man, Mike, are you feeling unstoppable today? I, I can't wait to have this conversation, Eric. Yeah, Thanks man, for having me. I'm psyched to have you here. You're the reason why I'm in Minneapolis. So the, the way we're going into the future here at Restaurant Unstoppable, I'm really letting my, my podcast be my research. I'm talking to these successful restaurant tours. I'm saying, what did you do? What did you do? What do you do? Success leaves clues, leaves a trail of breadcrumbs, crumbs, and you're a giant old crumb on my on my path man and i mean that in the most respectful way and i'm like i started like listening and i came up a couple times then we had big grove brewery on the show and mm -hmm. we were talking about the impact that you've had on their organization with just communication and candor and like just opening up these channels of communication and i just kept on hearing about this book traction and i'm like what is going on here there's something that i'm missing and i dove in and i fell in love so much that I am implementing all these things at Restaurant Unstoppable because you you, you got to practice what you preach, my friend. Yes, you do. And um, I'm just like I'm I'm kind of a fanboy. I'm not gonna lie. I, <laughs> uh, I've read most of the books in the the US uh, Worldwide Library, and uh, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. So correct me if it's all good. I say it wrong. It's all good. But I, there's just so much value. In, yeah, thank in you. What we're gonna cover today, and I cannot wait to get into it but before we do let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra what do you got for us yeah so i'm a big fan of winston churchill as a leader uh odd interesting fellow and my favorite winston churchill quote is when you're going through hell keep going yes so that that's the way we're going to start today's conversation <laughs> I think that's the only reason why i'm somewhat successful because i just don't know when to quit <laughs> yeah there you go there you go there i just keep go. showing up man well and that's you know i mean most successful entrepreneurs will tell you if you haven't failed you haven't tried new things you haven't yeah. tried enough you haven't tried hard enough and so right. keep going yeah man great way to get this thing started so i mean i obviously want to dive deep into like the big picture right yep. uh, what is eos uh, how does it work uh and then obviously you wrote a couple books uh you have the, the book process which dives deep into the process component which is just one of the six components that eos yep. is comprised of and then you also wrote get a grip so we're going to talk about how that works into the big picture too uh, but just get, help us get to know you who who are you Peyton like how did you get to the point where you're starting to work with the OS yeah so you know it was a journey like like all entrepreneurs I grew up in a household full of teachers my grandparents were both teachers and entrepreneurs my parents ran their own businesses and um, in out of college I decided to take my first job in banking much to my father's chagrin and uh, uh, but it was a great perspective to get on business and business ownership and what makes for a successful organization. I always sort of felt like I was figuring out what I wanted to do when I grew up, when I was a banker yeah, and um, the language of money. Yeah, exactly. Well, in, in, in more, more than learning your way around an income statement or a balance sheet, it was about getting to know the people who ran successful organizations and watching organizations struggle and fail and and you know you learn a lot of lessons from that and so ultimately i i left banking to join the leadership team for one of my clients that was the first of four entrepreneurial experiences running or helping run entrepreneurial companies before i became an eos implementer mm -hmm. and uh, two of those experiences were great successes two were dismal failures and i'm today more grateful for the failures than the successes because Failure makes you better. It, it makes you learn. It, it causes you to examine the things you could have done differently or better 
to achieve a different result. It gives you perspective. It does. Yeah. And again, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard you enough. You don't know so what you don't know. That's exactly Until you right. Know, that's you exactly know right. Because you fall, fell on your face because yeah. you didn't consider something. So fourth, fourth of those opportunities brought me to Minneapolis from central Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Love that town. And, and um, I was hired to run a $7 million company for a founding entrepreneur. And about three days in, I recognized there was a huge culture mismatch. The, what kind of, what kind of company it was, was a, it was a market research firm and um, great company, great people, very good at what they did. The way that company was being run and the way I interact with other people and lead and manage people were a terrible mismatch. And despite the fact that I knew the owner very well from a previous business relationship, it just wasn't a great fit. And so I spent a very frustrating, scary year there trying to figure out that mismatch and and reach alignment with the business owner who hired me. And in my search for something that would help, I discovered EOS. A neighbor introduced me to Gino Wickman and and I read Traction for the first time. Gino had just self-published What's a book. The year now? This is 2007. 2007. Summer of 2007, I was handed a copy of Traction and shown my uh, friend's uh, leadership team manual. He was working with Gino in Southeast Michigan and happened to live here in Minneapolis. And I fell in love with it. It was simple, accessible. It crystallized a lot of the things I had tried to do in my career, but hadn't been able to cobble together in a way that was sustainable. And yeah. so I really felt like he was on to something. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. I'm curious. What was the communication issue you were having? Because I feel like maybe there's a lesson. In yeah. Here. So I'm a hire smart people and, and make your expectations clear and then get the hell out of their way and let them do their stuff. And this was a little <laughs> bit more of a employees are expendable and, and don't, don't, don't show all your cards to the people that work with us. And, you know, I'm a open and honest communicator and, you know, you, I'm a terrible poker player. Oh my God. You, you know, the, the, so, so be good friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it just wasn't, I wasn't going to be effective leading in that organization the way the owner wanted it to be run. So what were you feeling at this time? Well, I was terrified. I just had my son, Henry is uh, now 16 years old and, and, uh, uh, my, uh, now ex-wife w- was pregnant with Henry when I took the job. And so, I was having a kid. I had just relocated to a city I didn't know. I really didn't know anybody here other than the people affiliated with this business. And so I was just scared and frustrated and and disappointed in my own decision-making skills, to be perfectly candid with you. Like, how could I have not seen that there was going to be this kind of culture mismatch? And that's one of the things that attracted me to EOS is, is it it accentuates the importance of culture fit as not only equal to job fit, but maybe more important than job fit. Mm-hmm. Like you can be really great at your job, but if nobody wants to spend any time with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And if you don't get enough about the work you're doing, you know, that's right. Yeah. So um, I'm curious when, when you found out about EOS, why was it the solution for your particular problem, though, with with this mismatch? Why, in a world where you didn't think that you could command and control, right, and that wasn't, or you you were you weren't comfortable with keeping information from the like the the, the employee, like why was this the solution? Yeah, so I thought it might help because it wasn't me to. It, what what Gino had written in Traction, what Gino Wickman, the creator of EOS, had written in the book Traction, 
was an expert at helping entrepreneurial leadership teams run successful companies saying, if you do these six things really well, you're going to grow your business to the size you choose, make more money and enjoy your life a little bit better. And it felt to me like it might resonate with the owner of this company because it was somebody other than the guy she had hired and was paying a whole bunch of money to telling her to do things differently than she had done them to be successful. And that was the challenge is that is that when you're hired to work for a highly successful person and you're suggesting the nuts and bolts of the way things work change materially. A lot of people don't care for that, not surprisingly. How does she handle it? Uh, she hated it. And, <laughs> and, 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 so, so, and for the record, that's 100% her right. Yes. You are never going to change the success formula for somebody who feels like it's the key to their being successful. Yeah. And so, so um, that's why I thought it might help. It, it turned out not helping because like everything else I suggested, it, it just felt like I was saying everything she had done to that point wasn't working. Yeah. And it was working. And I wasn't saying that, but I didn't communicate artfully enough to really reach her. Got it. And so at, at the end, it became very clear that we were going to break up yeah. anyway. And so I was very excited about what Gino had built and flew off to Detroit to meet him and his business partner, Don Tinney. And pretty sure there was a vat of purple kool-aid in the (laughs) in the session room when we met and and uh, the rest is history i just i fell in love with this work and i've been doing nothing but helping entrepreneurial leadership teams ever since 2007 you've been all in. that's right yeah so when i mean does it further does it make sense to go further with your story as far as what your evolution was with eos or do you want to just get into like what is EOS? yeah i mean uh, that's not a, a very so so um my first visit to Detroit was part of the second ever boot camp for professional EOS implementers that Gino and Don were offering. And uh, me and a buddy, Renee Bohr, who co-authored the book, How to Be a Great Boss with Gino, um, were members of that November 2007 boot camp. And we became the first successful professional EOS implementers. And, you know, I, I was finding offering to help and occasionally getting hired to help entrepreneurial uh, leadership teams here in the Twin Cities. Uh, Renee was working in Chicago. And uh, that became the start of the building of the professional EOS implementer community, which today is uh, 650 people strong. Man. Uh, I think 20 or so countries represented in that community. That's wild. And you're only growing. I think people are yeah. only just like, I think the word is really just starting to like, like get out to the masses. Yeah. You know, a lot of people know about it, but it's, it hasn't slowed down. Has it? It is. What's interesting to me is nobody other than my neighbor who introduced me to Gino in this town knew what EOS was 16 years ago. And today it's very difficult for me to have a conversation with a business owner that hasn't already heard about EOS. And that's just super gratifying. And it's a testament to what Gino built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is now a good time to thank our sponsors or is there more you want to tell us about? No, that? fire away. All right. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to talk about what is EOS and what are the six key components. 
This podcast is brought to you by Mies, the culinary operating system for food professionals. As a chef and restaurant owner for the past 20 plus years, Mies founder and CEO Josh Sharkey was frustrated that only the financial and inventory software was available in the kitchen. And while those are important, they don't actually address the process of cooking, training, production, collaboration, and execution. Whether you're a chef, mixologist, consultant, operator, or generally if you manage a recipe intended for professional kitchens, Mies was built just for you. Organize, share, prep, and scale your recipes like never before. Plus, get laser-accurate food costs and nutritional analysis faster than you could ever imagine. Chefs that use Mies have seen, on average, 70% reduction in training time for new staff, 20-30% to less food waste and overproduction, and an average of thirty to 50000 reduction in annual cost of goods sold from their easy-to-use recipe engineering. Part of the magic in Mies is a built-in database of thousands of ingredients that have been tested by Mies chefs and registered dietitians to ensure all the yield loss when you prep an ingredient as well as the unit conversions from volume to weight to pieces are built in, not to mention automated allergen tagging to ensure you have a consolidated view of allergens and nutrition. Get started by visiting getmes.com slash unstoppable. That's G-E-T-M-E-E-Z dot com forward slash unstoppable. And as a listener of Restaurant Unstoppable podcast, you can get two free months of invoice processing by signing up today. Revolutionize the way work is done in your kitchen with Mies. We're back. And now we're going to get into what is EOS and what are the six key components. So big picture, what is EOS? Big picture EOS is a set of timeless concepts and simple practical tools that help entrepreneurs and their leadership teams get better at three things we call vision, traction, healthy. Vision is getting everybody on the same page with where you're going, how you plan to get there. Traction is instilling discipline and accountability throughout the organization so that everybody's executing on the vision rather than spinning wheels or what I used to find in my entrepreneurial experiences was sometimes people felt like they were working actively to prevent us from achieving the vision. (laughs) And then healthy is making the leadership team and then everybody in the organization more healthy, collaborative, cohesive, open and honest group of humans trying to achieve a common good and, yeah. and that's eos at a high level yeah so when i think of eos when i'm explaining it to people i feel like it's the bedrock it's the foundation that your business is built on yeah it's an operating system eos stands for entrepreneurial operating system it, it's not visible really once you're running on eos it just becomes the way you operate yeah. your business it's not an inventory management process it's not a scheduling process it's not a process to go speak to the guests it's not a process to create a recipe our businesses have so many processes you know and i should say processes yeah you're (laughs) you're in the neighborhood one of one of those Uh, two our business has so many processes and uh we, we we look at the the business the brick and mortar as like all these processes but i think there needs to be human processes right the, the 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 process for communication to flow the process for energy to flow that's exactly right and and that's how i like you need to you need to have a foundation for how you communicate and how you steer energy before you build the business yeah and and, and gino was obsessive about the the key the the difficult challenges that an entrepreneurial company face are often very similar and aligned 
and what he discovered in studying the difference between the truly great entrepreneurial companies where the owners and leaders are fully engaged and 100% committed and working their butts off, but they feel like they've got some equity, some balance in their lives. They're, they're not sacrificing everything for the, for the business and feeling resentful as a result. Those are truly great entrepreneurial companies. And what he studied was the difference between those companies and the typical entrepreneurial company where we're working our butts off, but we're not getting where we want to go. We're frustrated. We're spinning, we're, wheels. We, yeah, spinning wheels. And what he found was the great businesses are better at six things that we call the six key components. And those six things are the vision component, getting everybody on the same page. The people component, you got to have great people to achieve a great vision. The data component, you got to run your business on a handful of numbers that give you an absolute pulse on the business and an ability to predict what's going to happen next month or next quarter. The issues component, the issues component is about recognizing issues as they arise and then setting them up, knocking them down, and making them go away forever. I like to think of the issues component as the Kaizen component. It's <laughs> Kaizen's a good one. Yeah. I would I would say I'd pair it with the process component to yeah. call it the Kaizen component. But uh, but but you know issues identification and resolution is really difficult in an entrepreneurial company because we're all running so hard yeah. when we're building a successful I business. Think we're also so close to it too. That that's exactly right. And and often we're guilty of just wrapping duct tape and twine around the damn thing and hoping it solves itself. Yeah. Hoping we can make payroll next week and not have to worry about it. And and so that's a key component, the process component or process component for any of your Canadian uh, listeners um, is about getting the most important things in the business done the right and best way every time, even when you as the business owner are not there to coach, mentor, manage, yell at, or nudge people out of the way to get them done right. And then the the sixth key component is traction. Discipline and accountability for executing on the company's vision day in and day out, focusing on the right stuff, getting it over the finish line, and then living to conquer another challenge next quarter or next month or next week. So can we break these down a little bit further? Can we go through and just break them down? I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time on process, but you know, when I went through these books, I got to be honest, it's not like the the stuff that you're going to read is like, it's not like, Gino came up with the ideas like the he just took all the ideas that were out there and he packaged them together in a way the way I kind of communicated is like all those different components are a puzzle piece right that's right and most people know about all the pieces of the puzzle they're skewed about the table but what the book does is it puts the the puzzles the the pieces yeah. together yeah, in, and in a way that makes sense. You, you, you articulated it beautifully, and we're very purposeful about giving credit where credit is due. Gino relied on some of the great business thought leaders of our time to... Yeah. He didn't invent visioning. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, like, or, or issue solving. Or There's a values. million ways, yeah. but what he did do was he tested all the ways you might strengthen those six key components on his initial set of clients and he pulled levers and pushed buttons. And when stuff worked consistently and was able to permanently resolve the common issues entrepreneurial companies were facing, he'd leave it in EOS. And when it didn't work consistently, he'd throw it away. It's a trial and error system. And what he believes he built and what I agree he built is a very efficient, very simple very clear set of practical tools that just work in typical entrepreneurial companies. 
We don't believe every company ought to be running itself on EOS. We do believe if what we offer resonates with you and you've got a leadership team that wants to be their best, EOS is a great way to achieve your vision. Yeah. Um, I know we're here to talk, go deep into process, uh, but do you think it's worth just pulling back a few extra layers in each one of those? Yeah, yeah. I think I think a couple of sentence conversation about yeah, each yeah, of them yeah, is yeah. probably smart. So the vision component. Um, what is the and, and like as, as we're going through these components? Why was do you know why the book was written in this order? Maybe that might help too. But the big picture. Yeah. So. Um, uh, What's interesting is that the book Traction was written in the order we teach the components when we introduce EOS for the first time, but it's not the way we professionally implement with our clients. So vision is the most important component to mention first because until you are able to articulate what it is you want where you're going, who you are at the core, all of that stuff, that drives everything else. However, when we're working with a client, we don't teach the vision component first because we want to teach the client how to clarify roles and responsibilities, execute better, drive accountability, et cetera. And so we actually teach all of that stuff first, and then we handle the vision component in the next two session days. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So uh, the vision component is basically for the way I interpret this. Is you just get everything down, like everything out, right? <laughs> like what's inside of you, get it out. Yeah. So, so here's the way I would say it. Most entrepreneurial companies do not lack for vision. The problem is if you've got a five-person leadership team, you've got five slightly different views of where we're going and how yes. we plan to get there. There's too much vision. Mm -hmm. And what we've got to do is discuss and debate who we are at the core, where we're going long-term, and how we plan to get there. And we do. You said it exactly right. We get everybody's perspective out on the table, and then we bang through it, and we throw away stuff we're not all aligned around. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I thought traction the book traction might resonate with the owner is she and i were completely misaligned got it and what eos brings to a leadership team is alignment now i'm a living example of how that happens sometimes because i was never going to want the same culture and the same things that this business owner wanted and so in order for her to have a leadership team that was completely aligned i needed to go and that's what ended up happening and that's what ends up happening when you're strengthening the vision component with EOS. So the people component. Yeah. A little bit deeper there. Um, in, in, your, in your two to three sentence, I think you already kind of did that, but pull back a couple more layers. Yeah, so a couple more layers. So, so we, we teach two terms Jim Collins popularized, right people in the right seats. That He's was, talking about getting the right people in, my head. in yeah. the right seats on the bus. And, and the genius in this is that, that Gino teaches it in a way, and EOS implementers teach it in a way where we – urge managers and leaders to think about these as two distinct assessments of their people. A right person shares the company's core values and fits the culture like a glove. And that typically has little to nothing to do with how good they are at their job. Someone in the right seat is really good at his or her job. And if you keep those two assessments as completely distinct and separate, it's easier to figure out what the problem is if there is a problem and correct it than it is when you mush them together. And so we believe you've got to have both. You, you deserve to run a company 
with every one of the 40 people in your organization being both a right person, fits your culture like a glove, and right seat, great at his or her job. Yeah, and I'm trying to grow my team right now uh, here at Restaurant Unstoppable, and there's a line from the book that just keeps echoing in my head when I'm trying to figure out where people belong. Get it, want it, in the capacity to do it. Yeah, that's exactly G- right. GWC, right? Yeah, GWC is right. And and that is how we assess right seat. So are they great at their job? And so the way I've learned to teach this is I say, pretend you own a professional sports team. Let's call it an NBA team since we're talking during the NBA playoffs. And, and you're evaluating all your players. And you're wondering if they're great at their jobs. LeBron James... He's is right. great at his job. <laughs> he gets it, mean, meaning he has the genetic encoding of a highly successful NBA basketball player. He wants it, meaning he demonstrates by the way he behaves every day that he wants to be the best he can be at the job. And capacity to do it means he's got the training, education, uh, skills, maturity, to perform well in the role on a consistent basis. And so he's a yes, yes, yes to GWC. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it's just so important. Like, we people are everything. You know, we can't just shove them into roles and say, do this job. They're not going to do the good job. They don't get it. They don't have the ability. You know, they, yeah. they don't understand what they're doing. If they don't want it. I mean, you have to want it. You, like, to show up and be the best, you have to want it. And then some people just don't have the skills necessary to do certain things like i'll never be a chef because i cannot handle that many things in my head at once you know what i'm saying like yeah uh so it's just (laughs) you gotta you gotta put things through these filters but i i I love that i wanted to bring to the surface so the next big one is the data component yeah data is uh running the business on a handful of numbers that gives you real insight and the ability to make stronger better faster decisions And what's interesting to me about the data component is that when I started in business 40 years ago or so, uh, most companies were struggling with data because they didn't have any. They were flying by the seat of their pants. Today, I see exactly the opposite problem. Companies are drowning in data, but it's not helping them make better decisions. And so we teach a couple of disciplines, uh, company-wide scorecard, five to 15 leading indicators that give you the ability to predict the future and a pulse on what's working and not working throughout the business. And then we migrate that discipline down into the organization one department at a time till we get to the point where everybody in the company has at least one measurable, they're accountable for keeping on track each week. And that allows every team in the company to mind keeping numbers on track on a regular basis that define what success looks like, what yeah. a good week versus a bad week looks like. Yeah. In the great game of business, I don't know, Jack Stack. Yeah, very well. I know Jack very well. You yeah. got to keep score. Yeah, you need for sure. You scoreboard. You need That's to know right. how you're doing. Well, and, and what's interesting to me is there's a cultural change required in an organization that decides it's going to run itself using data. And that culture change is the people in the organization are conditioned to believe that if you're measuring my performance, you must be looking for evidence that I'm not very good at my job. Hmm. And what we need to do is we need to help them understand that we want to employ champions. And champions are people who look at data as an 
opportunity to learn what's working and not working themselves and make themselves better. And that cultural change is much more difficult than the tactical work you have to do with scorecarding. Yeah. yeah. And I think, numbers. I think just gamification in general is huge. Too. Exactly. And it makes it fun. It makes it, you know, like you, you have something to aim for. That's you right. Know? And I think just, just making that little shift. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. Top performers want to know they're great. And if you as a boss can't describe for them specifically what great looks like, you're going to lose your top performers. If if you want somebody to just show up and mail it in every day, they're happy to do that. But champions hate that, and they hate being traded, treated the same way as somebody who's approaching their job that way. And so the data component is really something that helps you attract and retain those top performers. Uh, is this where the, you guys cover rocks? Is it? You know, I think you mentioned that. Is that uh, rocks is in the traction component. Okay, that's yep. in the traction yep. component. Got it. That's at the end. Uh, all right, let's move on to the issues component. Yeah, so issues, <laughs> you know, a couple of my clients have said, we're really good at creating issues, Peyton. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not the issues component. The issues component is about recognizing issues as they arise naming them and learning to solve them for the long-term greater good of the business rather than feeling like you're stuck solving the same set of issues over and over and over again that horrible kind of deja vu that we get as business owners yeah what i love about the issues component is that it creates safe space and i think this is one of the most important things if you want good communication in your business like you have to create a culture where the the, the the channel of communication is open that I encourage you to right. tell me when I'm fucking up. That's, exa- that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Well, it, you know, so many of my clients have no idea how intimidating they are to their employees. Often yeah. their name is on the sign. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the idea that an employee would be nervous to come talk to them about something that isn't working or the fact that they don't really understand how to do their job well or a customer is pissed off, most entrepreneurs don't understand why someone would be afraid of that. I'm, I'm a normal guy just like everybody else. And so, you know, that cultural change is really difficult too. What I will say to get an entrepreneur to recognize that this is a problem is I'll say, has anyone ever come up to you and said, hey, boss, don't shoot the messenger butt. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it happens all the time. Well, there's always a little truth to sarcasm. So don't shoot the messenger means I'm about to tell you something you don't want to hear and I'm afraid you're going to murder me. Right. So, so that's the cultural change. And then we also teach a technique. Once you learn to celebrate people who are confident enough to say, we've got a problem or an issue or a challenge or a new idea or an opportunity – then you got to teach them how to solve their own issues as they arise. Because the last thing I want is the owner of a multi-unit restaurant company to have to solve every sniggling little tactical issue himself yeah. or herself. I don't want that either. So we teach teams how to solve their own issues as they arise. Yeah. And the cool part is you get to bring your issues to the greater group, and maybe there's a perspective. You get to, you get to tap into the, the mastermind, the collective mind. That's right. And most of the time, the people who know the most about the issue are kind of stuck in their current paradigm. And often, the people who don't know a lot about the problem are better at solving it because they say things like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Yeah. And if you're anything like me, your first reaction to that is, well, I don't know how that could possibly be. Yeah. And then then usually a day later, I realize it's really a good idea and worth trying. Yeah. And I think it, we have to use the word candor here. Yeah, you know, for it, sure. It also, I think you, you mentioned radical candor in, in yeah. your books uh, as a book to read. And um, 
I just creating a culture of just like if it's reality, bring it forward. That's and, right. And it's not about feelings. It's not about talking down. It's about there's the, the speed of trust, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and creating that safe space. Well, it's it's a big part of professional EOS implementation. One of the jobs of a professional EOS implementer is helping a leadership team learn that if you're open and honest with one another and you attack the issue, not the person, and you always assume positive intent, a great team working together can solve any issue. Yeah. When you're holding all that stuff in and you feel like it's your job to figure it all out yourself, that's when you get overwhelmed and frustrated. And a lot of people, when they they have a lot of those things they're not comfortable solving with their teammates, they just quit and go find a new organization with a different set of issues. So there's the process component, which is next. We're going to pause on that one, move to the traction component. You bet. Because we're going to unpackage process. You bet. You bet. So what is the traction component? Yeah, traction is about getting the right stuff done every day, week, month, quarter, and year with real discipline and real accountability. When we strengthen the uh, traction component with a leadership team, we use two tools. Rocks, which you mentioned earlier, are a set of 90-day business priorities, three to seven company rocks, three to seven individual rocks for each member of the leadership team, and then ultimately we also help uh, companies set departmental and individual rocks at every level of the organization. And when you're setting and completing business priorities at an 80% clip quarter after quarter after quarter, you create what we refer to as a 90-day world for your organization, where every 90 days, everybody in the organization comes up for air, takes stock of what just happened over the prior quarter, rechecks the vision to make sure you're still on the same page, sets rocks for next quarter, and then goes and executes like hell in the business for the next 90 days. That's rocks. The second component of strengthening the process component is a meeting pulse. And that quarterly meeting pulse is part of it, but we also teach a weekly level 10 meeting that helps teams solve issues and keep things on track during the quarter. So because in 90 days in an entrepreneurial company, the whole world can change. And if you didn't believe that before COVID, especially in the restaurant <laughs> yeah. industry, you sure as hell believe it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this this is kind of where I'm at using a lot of these traction. Like, so I mentioned that I'm using uh, EOS yep. or trying to. Uh, I'm, I, I definitely, every time I read the book, I'm like, I, I can do so much better than I'm currently doing. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm still leaps and bounds ahead of, of where I was this time last year. Yeah. You know, and it's just even just using bits and pieces of this. Uh, I only had three people working with me. So three, now we're about to have five people. So I have the minimum number that you're supposed to have in a company. I think these guys list five people, right? Uh, uh, You know, EOS, Gino really built EOS for companies of 10 to 250 people. That's where you've hit your first couple of ceilings and you're starting to get a little frustrated. Um, but I have worked with five person companies myself many times. So yeah, I mean, I just, in my mind, it just, for me, I want to share this, and I also don't feel like sharing and telling other people to do something if I'm not doing it myself. I hear you. Uh, and the other thing is, like, it's, I feel like if I start it now with like five people, when we get to the point when there's like 20 of us and we already have all these systems dialed in, and we're just going to be like un- unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah. And well you played. actually say unstoppable. Well played, young yeah, man. Yeah. Well played. So um, where I am right now, thank you. Where I am right now <laughs> is I do like the level 10 meetings are huge for us. You That's know? great. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we haven't, we're not 100% 
EOS functioning, but I'm making everybody read the OS books. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys got to speak the same language as yeah. me. I think that's another thing that we haven't brought to the table too, is that EOS just brings a language. So when I'm saying something, you know exactly what I mean. Well, you know, this is the EOS creed is you can't run a great business on multiple operating systems. You must choose one. And one of the reasons we believe that so passionately is if your way of prioritizing things and establishing clear goals and expectations for people and so forth is different from the way one of your leadership team members wants to do it and you can't reconcile those differences everybody else in your organization is confused you know if you call a goal a goal and your second in command calls it a kpi even that little language difference creates confusion and ambiguity in the organization and so alignment is really key and and our mantra is we don't need you to run on EOS. We do need you to find an operating system that's going to work for you, in part because it gives you a common language yeah. and a common set of tools. And if you look at every culture, every major culture in the world, yeah. they share the same language. That's right. You know, like they speak the same language. They have the same rituals. That's and, right. And that's what this is. It's rituals and language. That's a culture. Yeah. You know, and, and you need to be on the same page. And this is the a blueprint that you can plug right in. That's right. You can go try to do all this stuff on your right. own. Or you can take somebody who's dedicated their life, right, and take and, and like a group of people that have dedicated their lives to fine-tuning this and communicating it and use what's been proven to work. That's right. Yeah. Um, now is a great time to thank our sponsors again, and we're going to come back to talk about Get a Grip and Process and how they kind of all kind of fit together and go deep into the process component. I can't wait. We'll be right back. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. 
This episode is brought to you by One Huddle. One Huddle is a coaching and development platform using quick burst mobile games to more quickly and effectively level up and fire up your workforce. One Huddle provides a mobile first approach to preparing the modern worker, a library of 3000 plus quick burst skill games and the option to instantly create personalized content. One Huddle is changing the way restaurants develop their workers by transforming the traditional manuals in videos into deceptively simple, highly effective mobile games proven to level up workers quickly. Let's get into some of the facts. So with One Huddle, you can onboard employees 45% faster than traditional methods. And there's actually a study done by the University of South Florida that has proven you can train your employees 45% faster using games on One Huddle versus traditional micro learning and video based learning. This new and improved way to educate your staff will translate into increased sales because you're creating more consistency with the guest experience, both front and back of house, i.e. menu development, menu memorizing, POS, limited time offers, food costing, things like this. You're looking at a more engaged worker too because they're in competition with themselves and the entire organization. This stuff is powerful. Right now, head to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash one, like the number one in huddle, like a football huddle. And if you use that link, you can get 90 days access to one huddles game shop, which includes 3000 plus on demand skill games on everything from bartending to serve safe to the latest Amazon best selling books and so much more. Again, that's restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. And you have to use that link. This is a cost per acquisition agreement, meaning we get paid per lead that goes through that link. So if you are finding value in this podcast and you want to support, please use this link. And it's, it's a testament to how much we believe in one huddle that we're willing to do this. So thank you in advance. We're back. And now it's time to dive deep into process the process component and i'm sure uh get a grip is going to come into the picture at some point too as far as how that works you bet uh and here's the cover of process if you have not seen it there it is uh so what is the process component and you literally wrote the book on it yeah i did write the book so so it's a fun story so process component is one of the six key components as important as the other five one of the things you learn when you're implementing eos is that You've got to work to strengthen all six key components. If you're strong in four and weak in two, you're not going to solve your issues. And so we work hard to to teach our clients that these things are interdependent and rely on one another. Process is about getting the most important things in an entrepreneurial company done the right and best way without creating corporate rigidity and bureaucracy and red tape. And so we take a 2080 approach to strengthening the process component where we're trying to do something Izzy Sharp, the founder of Four Seasons Hotel Company, talked about, systemize the predictable so you can humanize the exceptional. And what that means is the rudimentary basic stuff you should systemize so your brand new people kind of almost instantly know how to do the basics really well. So that most of their time, energy, and focus can be on creating unique, memorable moments. And in the restaurant industry, a hospitality industry, you're trying to create unique, memorable moments for your people. 
the more brain power and emotional energy you give to the basics, the less time and energy you have to do those amazing things. And that's what strengthening the process component is all about. And I'll be the first person to admit process is my biggest weakness. I am a chaotic person. (laughs) I love chaos. And yet, and and so for the record, you need to know that Gino Wickman, when I told him I was going to write the process book said with my wonderful co-author, Lisa Gonzalez, a professional EOS implementer out of, uh, out of Denver. She deserves a lot of credit for the, the great work we did on that book. But but I told Gino about this and he said, wait a minute, you're going to write a process book for entrepreneurs? <laughs> I hope you have plenty of room in your garage for all the unsold copies. <laughs> so so the, the reason I wrote the book is because our clients and our implementers are less excited about the process component than any of the other six key components. And it's based on a series of untruths and myths. Can I just say what mine are? And yeah, maybe fire away. A, uh, maybe there's some overlap here. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, af- I, I'm afraid. Oh, is it afraid? I, I resist this, I, this life of getting up and doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I, I'm also fear-based on just like that. I'm going to... I'm not good at like I'm not good in the dirt as uh, Gary Vaynerchuk would say. I'm, I, I live in the clouds, right? Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a how guy. I'm a why guy. Yeah. And I get lost in the the details, and I and I feel like I'm going to do a bad job setting up the process, or you know, I just don't have like the the I don't know if it's the the confidence. I don't yeah. know what it is. I'm getting real vulnerable here. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it's the discipline. I'm afraid that by doing all this, I'm going to have, I'm giving myself so much responsibility and discipline. So you just touched all three of the myths that we debunked okay. in the first chapter of the book <laughs> process with an exclamation. And I did point. read the book, but I promise you I'm, re- I'm speaking from the heart. No, no, no. I get it. So, so number one, most entrepreneurs don't feel they're naturally process oriented, which is what you said. Yeah. Okay. And that's bullshit because I'm watching you work and I watched you, you set up this podcast and I'm, I'm watching you. You have naturally and instinctively quit doing the stuff you've tried once or five times or eight times and seen that it doesn't work and instinctively learn to repeat the keys to your success. I've watched you set everything up today. Okay. So. You are naturally process-oriented, but because your brain describes process to you as a human involving some 700-page SOP manual and rigorous militaristic insistence that everything but be done the same way every single time, no matter what, you're kind of resisting it because you don't think you're good at process. Yeah. I think there's more to it, too. Um, did you know I was a commercial pilot? No, I had yeah, no I idea. I was a commercial yeah. pilot. And I have a lot of, um, I don't want to call it trauma. Um, I I was never meant to be a commercial pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm colorblind. I'm dyslexic. I have ADHD. And I still managed to become a commercial yeah. pilot flying for a regional airline, which gives it, which is a testament to my discipline to keep showing up and That's to right. work and to, to put in and to, I had to work twice as, maybe not twice as hard, but twice as long because it took me longer to learn. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot out like I was constantly reading from checklists. Right. And yeah. like, and, and I just remember just like hating, I'm like, just let me do it. You know, like I would get like lost almost in the checklist or like, I, would, I don't know, like just the, 
that whole process of having to do everything yeah. by a checklist almost brings back traumatizing experiences and negative experiences. Well, and, and for good reason, pilots are held to a very yeah. high process standard yeah. because one little mistake will kill people, yourself right. included. Right. Okay. So, so that's what I would refer to as the hundred, hundred, hundred approach to strengthening your process component. Let's document 100% of the steps in 100% of our processes to get 100% compliance. What we teach in EOS is the 2080 approach. I love 2080. Let's let's document the major steps in a handful of your core processes. The stuff that needs to be done, the basic stuff that needs to be done the same way every time so your brain doesn't have to spend any time thinking about how yeah. to do it. That's the 2080 approach. Yeah. Do 20% of the work, get 80% of the benefit. And that was a little bit of a teaser because that's step one. Yeah. That's yeah. step one in the, the three-step process to document it. Yeah, yeah. So it's figuring out what needs to be systemized and what doesn't need to be systemized and creating a list of things you want to get done the right and best way in your business. My guess is in a restaurant, there, there might be a handful of steps in creating a menu that the chef wants to use every time the menu gets recreated. But probably that isn't one of your core processes you're going to waste time documenting and simplifying because that's relying on your chef to be brilliant at what he or she does, Right. for example. Yeah, so an example of a core process would be opening. Yeah, or or <laughs> taking a reservation. Yeah, exactly. Or seating someone. Yes. Or plating food. Right. Or the stuff that needs to be done according to a formula. That if we just replicate that formula every taking time, inventory. It's kind of like yeah. driving to work every day. Yeah. Okay. Most of us don't want to have to think about exactly how we do every one of the steps on our drive to work, which is why we can listen to podcasts, listen to audio books, make phone calls when we're driving to work, because most of the work is automatic. That's what we're trying to do with process. Yeah. So should we just get into the, the, the three steps? Yeah, uh, you bet. That, that, does that frame it well? Because yeah. we're already kind of talking about the first step. Right? Yeah. So, so so step one and the three steps. So first of all, what we teach in the book is, is something we've remarkably, with the help of a great marketing agency, branded as the process process. I always feel a little embarrassed about the name of that <laughs> yeah. thing. But, but the first step is Getting all that mind trash you mentioned earlier, debunking myths, and getting you and your leadership team to really commit to what strengthening the process component can do for you, okay? Then we use a three-step process documenter, which is designed to help you document and simplify your core processes. So step one is identify which processes should be consistently followed. Step two is document and simplify them. Simplify means automate, streamline, eliminate redundancies. Find the simplest and best way to articulate the major steps in each of your core processes. And then um, package them in a way that's easy for your people to find and use are the yeah. three steps. Yeah. So going to step one, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, the 80-20 rule or 20-80 rule. Yeah. Um, so 80% of our yield comes from 20% of our effort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what are those, what is it like you said that 20% of things that are at the core of what we do to make sure that like the core of our business is functioning? Yeah. The sample table of contents for a process manual in an EOS company is somewhere between five and 15 core processes, things like an HR process for how you deal with people, 
a marketing process, a sales process, a, a, a handful of operating processes for how you deliver value to your customers, yeah. and an accounting process. Yeah. Very simple stuff. I would honestly imagine that the restaurant industry would probably have more than 15 because it's one of the few industries that is a f- it's from it's the whole product line. Yeah, and, from- and, and what really happens, though, uh, Eric, is that most of us instinctively feel like we have a lot more processes, but what we're really referring to is steps in a larger core process. So, for example, if you take the HR or the people process in a business, if that process, if that core process entails everything from when you figure out you need to hire somebody to how you describe their role, how you recruit people, how you make hiring decisions, how you onboard and train people. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So from so that would be one process from beginning to end. That's one core process with a dozen steps that probably cancel about a dozen processes in the typical entrepreneur's So it's head. almost like department. Like a department is a process. Like, like Not exactly no. because, for example, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that crosses departments in an yeah, organization, yeah, yeah. right? Like operations cross. Operations starts when a salesperson closes a piece of business or a reservation is made at the restaurant, okay? And it goes all the way till the guest leaves, the restaurant. And so so that is going to be one or more core processes. So it isn't departmental. It's it's what do we do in this business to deliver value to the customer? And often it involves people from every department in your organization. Yeah. And I think it's important to you, and you mentioned this, you don't have to have it drilled down to perfection on day one. You just have to have it identified. Get started. Another Churchill quote is is progress is or perfection is the enemy of progress. So just identify the example we give in the book is if you want to make yourself a little more healthy you want to lose weight or be more fit you could make it super complicated and rigorous and detailed and do a bunch of research or you could make a commitment to do three things that are going to help you achieve your objective step on the scale once a week uh, write down all the food you eat keep track of your calories or whatever however you count food and uh, exercise for 30 minutes five days a week that's a process. Mm-hmm. We can make it that simple and yeah. get great results. I think I over overthink it sometimes. And I, 100%. I get myself anxiety. I get anxious about all the things I have to do or will I get it right or um I just or maybe I'm so close to it that I don't see it as process. Well, you, you, every team has people on it who are natural born simplifiers. They don't get mired in the details mm-hmm. and natural born complexifiers who can't imagine something simple being important enough to spend time on it. And you may be a natural born complexifier. I am too. I overcomplicate everything as well. And Gino's kind of beat that out of me over the years. <laughs> um, but, but start simple and build from there. Someday you may have a very detailed, very rigorous set of processes. But right now, if you just pick three things you want to do consistently every time you sign up a new podcast guest, maybe that's your process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so where, and if you mentioned this and I missed it, I apologize. When does the identify your handful of core processes happen? When, when in the, 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 fraction or the traction world does this conversation happen? Yeah, so um, usually my clients will either do that on their own 
after the first couple of sessions where we've worked on the EOS foundational tools, or we'll do it live in a session. With the team or just the two? With the whole leadership team. Yeah. And, and what we're trying to do, like it's kind of like the vision component where we want to get everybody's perspective and we want to be aligned before we start going to do work. And so until the leadership team has discussed and debated all the things we might make core processes out of, like you said, there's probably hundreds of processes. Every leadership team has two or three people who feel that way. And then every leadership team has two or three people who are like, nope, there's just five processes. Yeah. And I think I might be getting into the step two here, which is the document. Yeah. Right. So let's just let's just transition to document. Unless you did not get anything out. No, that's that's the, the identify step is pretty simple and just requires decision making. So so the the document simplify is the is the meat of the effort here. And so step one is observe. Okay, the truth of the matter is if you're running a restaurant today, you have a bunch of processes. Whether you have one process for the way things are done throughout your organization or not is a, is a question. So observe the way it works now. Take notes. Do charts. Whatever, however you think and, and, and evaluate properly. I want you to just... Resist the temptation to fix everything the minute you see something happening that you don't like and observe what's working and not working now. Then evaluate, then draft an ideal process. If we could do it the right and best way every time, what would we do? Then make sure your leadership team is on board that that's the right and best way to train everybody to do it. And then codify that in a word document a flow chart a video of you doing the work the right and best way somehow capture that that's what documenting and simplifying is all about got it um so where do people get hung up here the most in the documentation <laughs> uh too detailed way too detailed way too specific and rigorous. They eliminate everybody's freedom here. Um, so just keep it high level. It's five to 15 steps in a typical core process with two to five bullet points describing the who, what, when, where, and how about each major step. You're teaching a six-year-old how to play deep T-ball, not a major league batter, how to hit a split-fingered fastball on a 3-2 yeah. count with the bases loaded. So let's speak language that all restaurateurs can understand. Yeah. Let's, let's, so if there was um, a list of processes in front of me, the opening process, so the title yeah. of that process would be opening. Yep. Then underneath that, that you'd have bullet points. Yep. And the bullet points would be like, turn the lights, unlock the door. Uh, or no, is that too? Yeah, that might even be too. too so, so I, the first major step might be uh, set the room. Okay. Okay. And then underneath, and that. so under that might be bullets, sub steps that say turn like turn on the lights, blah yeah. blah 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 blah. I mean, you know, check the temperature. Yeah. You know, make sure the, the cleaning crew did their job last night. That kind of stuff. Got yep. It. Um, and like. So, okay, I guess that's good. I mean, I don't want to drill down too much, but like, well, I'm just trying to like get an idea of like, what yeah. is like, what is well, normal? Well, here's a great example. So, so uh, what is it? Think about what you want your guests to experience from the minute they park their car to the time they walk out. Okay. 
And think of all the things you do internally to create that desired experience. And those are probably your handful of core processes. And so, for example, the way somebody is greeted when they walk in the front door of the restaurant, you know, make eye contact as early as you possibly can. Smile. Use the customer's name if it's somebody whose name you know, if it's a regular. Um, Offer to take escort them to the bar rather than pointing at the bar. Those are the kinds of things that create personality and feel and environment. That's what you want to work on to systemize the predictable. So would this be a greeting the guest checklist? Greeting the greeting the guest sub steps. Got it. That's step 1 in your well, you know, yeah. seating process, for example. Yeah. So, uh side note, you're making me think of Ari Wineswag. Um, yeah, Zingerman's. yeah, Yari? yeah. Oh, was, uh, so, <laughs> yes, I, let's just say I know Zingerman's really, really well. And so does our whole EOS oh, implementer the community. Oh, they're um, fabulous Ari's human beings. I've, well. I've been, uh, fortunate to meet Ari. He has a greeting the guest checklist. If you, yeah. if, I just want to say the listeners, if you, if you're interested in checking yeah. that out, I think it's in his book, a uh, lapse anarchist approach to building a great business. Well, and what I love about Ari is he is a self-proclaimed yeah. anarchist yeah. who loves process. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's why it's lapsed. Anarchist yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it may actually, it might be in the, the steps of service book that he put out where it's like his, like he has this whole breakdown. Of like if you're five feet away, like yep. make eye, or if you're 10 feet away, make eye contact and yep. smile. If you're five, 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 away, five, 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 or five, 10, five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you guys want to go check that out, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a great good, stuff. Cool. I die. I die. Oh, it's a word. Digress. I digress. Um, so, uh, any other subjects around documentation or sorry, document and simplify each core process that we haven't talked about only to lead into step three, which is package. And the, and the number one point to make here, it's a quick one is that package your core processes using a tool and a location that makes them readily available for your line level staff. Yeah. You know, don't put it in a, you know, F drive somewhere where nobody can find it. Hang it on the wall so that if you're working in the kitchen and you forget how to do an important step in your process, you can look up at the wall and see it visually illustrated and and just be reminded of the basic stuff you need to do. That's part of the problem with commercial pilots is, you know, I've seen those checklists and they are built by government bureaucrats. <laughs> Teeny little print, lots of boxes you're supposed to check. There's a better way to present that information that would make it more easily digestible by people who have ADHD and are right. colorblind, but, period. But, uh, well, you can't, I mean, I got a statement of demonstrated ability. People who are colorblind aren't supposed to be flying airplanes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I somehow pulled it out of my There you go. There you go. So, uh, so at the, at the very least, actually, there was a, because like because checklists were so important in the world of aviation and just knowing, like, there's so much you have to know that yeah. they, they ingrain this into us. Like, you don't have to know the answer. You just need to know where to find it. Yeah, and and you, you, part of the reason entrepreneurs don't 
spend any time on the process component is they feel like the job requires the level of complexity, detail, and rigidity of an airplane checklist, a pilot's checklist. It's intimidating to think about. We're not teaching that. Just teach the basics so that you as the chef or the restaurateur can focus on the high-level exceptional experiences, and you're not constantly cleaning up the messes or dealing with the failures on the basic executables. Document and simplify your processes that get the basic executables done really well by even your newer staff members, and it will free you up to be a real leader, a real creator. That's why the mantra of the book is process creates freedom. Yeah. It doesn't destroy it. And I think the, the, the fun part, and this is something that my, our flight instructors were trained to, te- to say to us when we were flight students when I was at Daniel Webster College and studying to become a commercial pilot. Whenever you would have a question, the answer to the question was, I don't know, you tell me. They would know the answer. Yeah. I don't know, you tell me. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is to get you to think the answer is available. I just need to know where to find it. So that every time there's a decision or a question, it doesn't have to filter through That's the, right. the, the person at the top, right? So now, you guys, once you create your 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 processes uh, and you document them and people and they're packaged and people know where to find them, you can just say, I don't know, why don't you tell me? And then it creates pe- – then people know where to go. And that, they, that's exactly right. Yeah. However – yeah. <laughs> Most of our clients who complete the three-step process documenter continue to struggle with getting the results they want on a consistent basis unless they do some work to get the process followed by all. And so that's the other EOS tool we teach in the book. It's called the followed by all checklist or FBA checklist. And and we just teach leaders You can't assume that because you've documented and simplified a process, people are going to magically change their behaviors tomorrow. We're creatures of habit. Mm. And so the FBA checklist includes four parts, training, measurement, management, the driving of accountability for following the process and getting consistent results, and then updating. That's the other thing that we, we make a big point about in the book. This is not a project that's done once you've created a process manual. Great entrepreneurial companies remain adaptable, flexible, creative. They want to be on the cutting edge. You're trying to break it. You got to, every year, you've got to whip out each core process and ask yourself, can I make this better? Can I automate some things? That's where the issues list comes in. Can I streamline some stuff? So following that four-step checklist is really key to changing behaviors and getting consistently exceptional yeah, results. I think, I think the other variable here is just the world is evolving around us. That's so right. if you keep your, your processes the same, the world is going to get better. Uh, there's going to be tools that you can That's use right. to do even better. And I was kind of interested. What are the tools that you come that come to your mind as far as the tools that are out there to help with this? Like If we want to use technology to assist us in doing this yeah so i'm seeing some really amazing stuff we mentioned in the book there was a an experiment done with the bosch corporation and ford uh, motor company where they um, built virtual reality training for technicians to work on the new electric uh, version of the mustang and and so technicians were able to put on gloves and a and a headset and pretend they were fixing an electric Mustang rather than having the actual vehicle present in their dealership because they were very rare. So that's how cool things are getting about process work. What I'm seeing more and more is video libraries of core processes. Uh, 
images, um, series of still images or drawings for processes. And of course, we still see workflow documents and or um, uh, Word documents with step one, step two, step three, all of that stuff. Got to give my, my sponsors some love because I actually have two sponsors right now that are in this world of ah. training, um, One Huddle and Mies. And um, One Huddle is, is all about the onboarding and, and awesome. really just like testing people up and giving people the knowledge, like the onboarding process, the educational process of like who are we and like like what are our values. So like it's a, it's a it's kind of like – I don't know if, how familiar you are with aviation, but when you when you're going to take all of your tests, you get this book that has all the the questions you'll you'll be asked and the answers, and you memorize the basically the test. And they've proven that give, asking the question and giving the answer yep. and doing multiple choice is it's so much more sticky than having somebody read a book and say and, and then ask them questions. Yeah, it's re, it's reinforcement. You yeah. know, learning doesn't stick unless it's reinforced. I, it, we discovered a. In researching the book, we discovered a mathematical truism called the forgetting curve, which is like the description of my life, that somebody who learned something yesterday has forgotten 70% of it today and 90% by a week from now. Yeah. And so you got to reinforce that yep. learning. Yep. So um, th- that's a great resource. Shout out to, to One Huddle. Um, they also... Yeah, sorry, what was it? Mies, sorry, Mies, can't forget Mies. So Mies is a back of house. So basically, mm. um, it's a tool for people. So you basically you put all of your recipes in there. There's tools to help you scale recipes. Uh, it's step by step process with video built in and how the rest, how it's supposed to be done. I love it. Yeah. So there's, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that when I talk to people about like what is, how do you look at technology? All technology is is a process that somebody created because to solve their own problem. Right. And then they said, I can give this process to other people. That's right. And it's been built out. Don't like if, if you don't want to be the person to go out there and build all the processes. One thing, I don't think you'll ever do a better job on your own than a whole company whose life is dedicated to solving this one problem. That's right. right? So look at technology as uh, plugins like and then duct tape all these plugins together. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on technology? And yeah. Yeah. So I. You know, simple, clean, accessible technology is making things easier. That you know, the Bosch thing is Bosch and Ford thing is just blew my mind because I would never have thought of yeah. something like that. But it it saved billions of dollars. So so yeah, there are great companies out there that are doing great work in this process space for sure. Yeah. Um, anything we haven't discussed in terms of the. The process that you want to get out as far as well. The, the only thing I want to say for for the people listening to this podcast is we wrote the book to be clean, simple, even fun. Like it's a fun book about process. One of the things I did when I did the research is I bought dozens of books and started reading through them, and 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 they are very complex and very rigorous and very academic. And so you know, it's a quick airplane read. It's really simple, accessible stuff that's going to make things better in your business uh, tomorrow. And yeah. so hopefully you find that to be true yeah. yourself. And we haven't given much love to Get a Grip yet. <laughs> so uh, there's also Get a Grip. And this isn't – you also – uh, how to be a better leader? Were you part? How of to, no, I didn't have anything to do with how Is to there be a great a third boss. Book that you were no, just these okay. two. Just, just these two. Missing anything? So get a grip right here. Um, so what is get a grip? Yeah. So get a grip is a business fable illustrating a company deciding to implement EOS in their business and then going through the implementation process. And it's like it's unlike any other book in the Traction Library. It it is. It's it's and for the listeners that 
have have seen business fables before. Patrick Lencioni's written a lot of them. The E Myth is a great business fable. Um, so it's just a story of a company applying the tools we teach when we're implementing EOS with with a business. So it starts with a with a clear disorganization or clear like friction or, or there's there's definitely issues in the organization <laughs> and that's kind of how it starts and then from there somebody suggests that we get an implementer integ- i always i don't know why i always confuse implementer and integrator very common <laughs> very implementer, common right yeah um you get the implementer they, they hire an implementer and it, it kind of follows the journey of this implementer taking them through basically the traction taking yeah. them through you know kind of like arguing not arguing against but just putting out the fires right like here are the issues the 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 probably what you guys see as like the biggest reasons why people resist traction in EOS and they kind of yeah it's 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 to, so the rule Gino and so first of all Gino and I decided to write this book for a couple of reasons number 1 a lot of visionaries and a lot of entrepreneurial leadership team members learn more effectively experientially by watching other people or through or, story yeah storytelling etc than they do through a how-to manual. I, I, you know, it's anybody with ADHD has a hard yeah. time getting through a, 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 a manual. Um, number two, we wanted to illustrate the nuts and bolts of the EOS implementation process as it's designed to be done so that the people out there trying to do this stuff themselves got a sense of what a session with an implementer looks and feels like. Uh, and number three, we wanted to teach some tools that aren't taught Interaction, and that—that's the reason we wrote the book. But but basically, what it does is it the rule Gino and I had when we wrote the book is that if he and I hadn't seen something happen ten times in a session room, we weren't going to include it in the book. We wanted to make this a real world. This is what it feels like to own and run an entrepreneurial company and implement EOS. And the greatest compliment I get from the people who have read the book is it feels like you wrote that about our company. It's very (laughs) common stuff. It's a company that's been successful, hit a ceiling. People are starting to get frustrated with the business and with one another. And it's because of those common problems, challenges, obstacles, and roadblocks that all of us encounter because we have humans in our business and humans create issues. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I just can't say it enough, man. I'm uh, such a huge uh, fan of the work that everybody over uh, part of the traction team. I know it's more than just Gino. There was a bunch of you guys working on building this library and these resources and getting out there and empowering and teaching these entrepreneurs across the country in all different verticals. Uh, It's your series of books has have inspired me to be better, you know, and I really do want to create a community I know there's restaurants out there using EOS. For sure. uh, But I think we can get, like, everybody out there using EOS. (laughs) And when I started this podcast, you know, my my mission was to transform the industry by empowering people, by going out there and finding what people are doing, what's working, and and bridging the knowledge gap so that we can, you know, spread out, you know, I don't know, like, build back the middle class, empower the, the mom and pops of the world who are competing against these huge organizations by giving them access to this information. And these tools that are in these books man are they are a game changer oh, thank you man and, uh, and and eric i want to say back to you i'm inspired by what you're doing you. too as, as you and i have discussed my son was a chef in the west loop in chicago for several years and i know how hard the people who listen to this podcast work every day i know how many sleepless nights there are when you're worried about things that are outside of your control and and 
anything that we can do at EOS Worldwide to help restaurateurs get more of what they want from their businesses in collaboration with you, we want to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. So, so I'm putting it out there. like yeah. You just put it out there. Like I'm looking to grow my relationship with the EOS family and all the things that are going yeah. on there. Um, if you guys are interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested in learning more about EOS and you want a community of restaurant owners that are implementing, I, I would, I would, I'm curious sometimes if there's a whole opportunity for like EOS for restaurants, if that's like the next book that comes out or yeah. something like that, if there's a different well, angle or approach. To well, we, we, we've talked about that a lot, but, but the bottom line is EOS is a way of operating any business. Yeah. And so EOS for restaurants is the same as EOS for accounting firms, as silly as that sounds. However, there are industry communities being built up all over the globe, and they're doing so so sort of on their own and organically. Yeah. And so it is helpful. You know, we, we recommend to our clients who are not part of peer groups or industry associations to engage in those because EOS implementers don't help their clients with technical information. We help our clients implement EOS, period. Yeah, when a client right. looks at me and says, hey, what should I do about this guy I'm really frustrated with in my specific business who doesn't know how to do A, B, and C? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just a brainless guy with a <laughs> magic marker here, dude. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Yeah. And I'm a facilitator and a coach, not a not an answer man. And so, so you got to get the answers. What is the call to action if the folks listening to this want to learn more? Well, first of all, I'd welcome anybody reaching out to, to communicate with me directly, and I'm happy to help people find a local professional EOS implementer in their area, not to be hired as much as to help you explore what running a business on EOS looks and feels like. Um, We have a core value of help first. And so um, when somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, I'm considering implementing EOS in my business, I want to help them whether they end up hiring me at, at all. So have people reach out directly to me EOS Worldwide's website, eosworldwide.com, has a find an implementer feature on it that is very robust. You can either get a professional who knows our EOS implementer community to help you find the local implementer or search a directory yourself. But reach the step first step is reading the books or doing your research and talking to a local EOS implementer who might be able to help. This is something that I meant to ask earlier, and thank you for bringing it to the surface now. Is there an order you recommend reading the books? Uh, you know, Traction is the, is the first book for me. It, it, to, to me, it tells you what running your business on EOS entails and walks you through the process of how to use the tools to get the results we're able to get with our clients. Um, a lot of my clients who are visionary entrepreneurs admit they didn't get all the way through uh, traction and they handed it to somebody else in their company and asked them to read it, which is one of the reasons we wrote Get a Grip. And so Get a Grip is a good first read as well. Got it. Um, and in the in, in the suite of books or the library, the Traction Library of books, you got Traction, Get a Grip, The EOS Life, uh, What the Heck is EOS, Rocket Fuel, How to Be a Great Boss, and Process. Yep. Uh, and um, my goal, I, I, I think my next my next target is rocket fuel. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to, it's um, Williams, right? Winters, uh, Mark Winters, Mark, Mark, Winters, Mark C. Winters uh, and Gino wrote rocket fuel. And it is about the visionary integrator duo that sits atop the accountability chart at most EOS companies. Yeah. And I think that the reason why I'm 
I'm, you know, I want to talk to you first, obviously, because I feel like I need to do this in my own business. But the next big, I'm, I'm a visionary. Yeah. You know, like I need to surround myself with integrators. Uh, did I get it right that time? Yes, you did. Okay. Integrators. <laughs> yeah. But you need to surround yourself with one integrator who can manage the day to day for you and manage you. Yes. So, and then te- some integrators and technicians, I guess, is what I. Need. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I do want to let the listeners know um, we are we have been kind of sitting on Restaurant Unstoppable Network for a while. Put it on pause because I'm back on the road over the past year, and all my energy has been going to traveling. We are bringing on a community manager, and mm-hmm. that's what the network was missing: is somebody that was plugged in there all day long uh, to serve you, our our community members. And I do want to create some type of like regular quarterly meetup for people who are trying to implement uh, EOS within our community just to, so we can talk about it and support each other. So um, that's going to be happening at the network as well. Awesome. Hopefully I'm not stepping on your toes. Awesome. Not at all. <laughs> and I would urge you wherever you're planning these meetups to yeah. occur. Online. Work uh, online. It, it, contact me when you have a date set and if i can't make it work i'll find another implementer for sure yes this was my hope this was my hope this is that's an easy one thank you so much my friend and yeah uh, i think now is when i say um just thank you uh actually we have to have you call somebody out so before we let you go we have to have you call somebody out uh (laughs) that's how we find future guests on the show that's how we keep this the show injected with integrity uh, so who do you respect and admire? People who are using EOS who are also in the restaurant industry that we need to talk yeah. to. So I'm going to lean on one of my – If first of all, you're going to get me in trouble here because 20 EOS implementers sent me the name and location of great <laughs> restaurants running on EOS, and I'm only going to call out one. But well, just send my, me the list after. My, my, yeah, that's right. My buddy Justin uh, Cook in Nashville, Tennessee, works with a fellow by the name of Stephen Smithing who is running a couple of his restaurants on EOS and just crushing it. And so I'd call out Steven and Justin and say, thank you for amplifying the message. Awesome. And now is when I say thank you so much. You bet. And you are a great guest. And there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. It It was a blast. Thank you. There is another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Mike Payton, for coming on and sharing the history of traction with us and diving deep into the process component. And my goal is to grow my relationship with with the folks over at EOS Worldwide. And EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system in my perspective, is, is the framework, the foundation through which communication and energy flows and it's a it's a it's a process for growth and i think that's a really cool thing i love about eos so if you do not have a process for communication if you do not have a process for growth then i highly encourage you to go check out traction get the book right now and dive into their library of books and uh the plan is to get all these co-authors on the show to dive into their their respective components of traction in EOS. And right now the plan is to get Mark C. Winters on the show. He is the co-author of Rocket Fuel, the one essential combination, which is all about talking about integrators and integrators are the, the, the rocket fuel. The people, if you're a why person, the integrator is the how person, the person that you see OOs and how it's so important to surround yourself with the, these individuals. And we're also going to be talking to Renee Bohr, I'm hoping I'm saying your last name correctly, Renee. Uh, and she is the co-author of How to Be a Great Boss. So really love what they're doing there in the, the EOS 
family, and uh, I'm excited to grow my relationship with them. And we're also using EOS at Restaurant Unstoppable. I'm walking the walk. And if you're interested in using EOS too, then come hang out over at Restaurant Unstoppable Network because the plan is is to create a community of restaurant owners across the country using EOS to support each other and to learn how we can create these systems for communication and growth and bake them right into our business. So uh, again, head over to restaurantstoppablenetwork.com if you're not already in the network. Be a part of the conversation and support this mission to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And I cannot say goodbye without saying thank you to the people who make this show possible. Thank you to Jared Parisi for his editing and copyright. Thank you to Callan Miola for your community management. I'm so excited to see Restaurant Unstoppable Network grow. And then thank you to Anna Tazen from The Good Kind for your executive support and assistance. It takes an army, and I'm so grateful for mine. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out.